Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now, we have been studying man, what I mean by man, mankind, spirit, soul, and body. Everybody say spirit, soul, body. Now, as I kind of bring this teaching to a conclusion, maybe I'll see how it goes tonight, maybe tonight, but for sure by next week so I can go on to another subject. The reason to explore this particular subject, especially when teaching in tandem with the doctrine of faith, is to help you to see things through spiritual eyes. Now You have to understand how you view everything in life. You either view it through your physical eyes, your soulish eyes, or your spiritual eyes. And I guarantee you if, you, if you view things through your spiritual eyes and you make a decision to live your life by how you view things through your spiritual eyes, you're going to be a unique individual on this planet. Number one, you're going to be a great threat to the kingdom of darkness. Number two, you're going to be one that demonstrates the defeat of Satan in just about everything you do in life. Amen. Number three, you're not going to be self-sufficient. You're going to be God-dependent. There is a real pull, a real strong uh, 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 ego in humanity to be what? Self-sufficient. But I want you to know self-sufficiency will not get you to heaven. Neither will self-sufficiency make you an overcomer here on this earth. You say, well, it can make you rich. Well, what's that going to do? Amen. That's not going to, you can't buy your way out of problems. You can't buy joy. You can't buy righteousness. You certainly can't buy salvation. Amen. And I guarantee you there is something in the heart of God that is a father's heart that delights in having his children dependent upon him. I guarantee you everyone in heaven, there's not one self-sufficient person in heaven. Every one of them are dependent upon the glory of their heavenly father. Amen? Well, God wants the same thing on earth. So we have to understand that, that God does not want us seeing things through the eyes of our flesh or the eyes of our intellect or our emotions he wants us to view everything and everybody through the eyes of our spirit. Amen? Now, that's not an easy task. You, it's an effort on your part. You have to make a decision to, to, to see things like that, and you can't make snap judgments because snap judgments are of the flesh and of the soul, but not of the spirit. The spirit many times will step back and take time to evaluate things. The spirit many times will step back and wait till it hears from God to make decisions on certain things. Uh, many times spiritually, uh, you know, you want to, I've had several times in my life when, when, when people wanted me to make a decision, wanted me to make it now, and I just said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait till I hear from God. And listen, that's doing things spiritually, and you'll never make a mistake if you'll do that. If you'll wait on the Lord and wait till you see things spiritually, and wait till you hear things spiritually from your heavenly Father. He'll never lead you astray. He'll never lead you awry. And He'll always lead you into His provision, into His blessing. Financially, physically, in your marriage, your health, you name the subject, God's way is better than our way. And He knows how to get you into His provision. Now, here in 2 Corinthians, let me find it here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's, let's look from verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. Everybody say, all were dead. 
Now this would be called a redemptive scripture talking about how all of mankind is dead in sin and iniquity. Amen. That is a result of the fall. But one died for us. One sinned and then one died. One sinned and caused us all to go into sin and into death. And one died for us so we could go into righteousness and go into eternal life. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. And that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Now notice that again. And that he died for all, that they which live. Now who's he talking about, they which live? He's talking about us. Everybody say he's talking about me. He's talking about the living. You say, you mean, isn't everybody on the earth living? No. Not according, not if you look through spiritual eyes. Not everybody in the earth that's breathing air and their heart is beating are living. You say, well, that, that, that's just, you You can't say that. That's not true. <laughs> I'm telling you, you need to listen with the spiritual ears. They are not living. They are dead. We've got a lot of dead people walking on the earth just like you were dead before you got born again. When you got born again, you became alive unto God. Anything separated from God is dead and death. Thank God there's salvation. Because with salvation, we get light and life. Amen. And that he died for all, that they which live should not live henceforth unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Now notice this. Yet though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Let me read it in a couple of translations. That's verse 16. Amplified says it like this. Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely spiritual, excuse me, from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. No, even though we once did esteem Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have no such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. Listen to it in, the, in the, uh, the Passion Bible. Let me find it here. What is that, verse 16? I've got all this stuff marked. Chapter 5, right? Make sure I'm on the right page. See, when your Bible looks like this, you, get, you have a hard time finding Scripture. Amen. Let me find it here. 516. Here we go. So then, from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people by their outward appearance. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one. Who's the anointed one? But, not, but no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Now, let me ask you a question. How do you think, how popular, popular do you think that scripture was in the day in which Paul wrote it and preached it to the church? Not at all. You go to the big camp meeting and 
Jerusalem or Corinth or Thessalonica or Ephesus. And there's Peter. He's preaching. Now, what's he preaching? What's Peter's preaching? I walked with him. I talked with him. I got out of the boat. I walked on the water. I saw the signs. I saw the wonders. I saw him put him in the tomb. I saw the tomb empty. I saw him go into heaven. Is that what he preached? You think people got healed and saved? In mass. In mass, they got healed and saved. And then in the day meeting, the Apostle Paul gets up and says, we don't even look at Jesus like that no more. Did you know that's what he was saying? He's saying we do not view the baby in the manger. We do not view the one that walked on the earth and healed the woman with the issue of blood, healed the ten lepers. We do not view the one that, the, the, the one that died, the one that rose. We do not look at him from mere human standards any longer. Or we'd say it like this today. We do not look at Jesus from a purely religious view. We do not see him through eyes of the flesh. We do not see him through eyes of the soul. We merely see him through the Spirit as what? The resurrected Christ, the Son of the living God, seated at the right hand of the Father, highly exalted, given a name which is above every name that it is named, every name must bow of things in heaven, earth, and under the earth. I guarantee you that wasn't popular and it's not popular today. But we're being exhorted by the Apostle Paul, but more importantly by the Holy Ghost to do what? To open our spiritual eyes. Thank God for the messages of the gospel. Thank God for the spiritual truths that we receive. But we don't serve the Jesus that walked on the shores of Galilee. He was Son of Man. He was the one that was here on the earth to redeem us. He is now the Son of God. Let me give you an example. In Matthew chapter 16, you don't have to turn there. Jesus said, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man in? Son of Man in. They said unto him, Some say thou art, uh, 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 some say thou art uh, 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 Elijah. Some say that thou art Jeremiah. Some say thou art John the Baptist or one of the prophets. Then he said this, who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He didn't say, you're the water walker. You're the miracle worker. You're the one that healed the woman with the issue of blood. You're the one that divided the fish and the bread. He did not have any type of view of Jesus from a purely physical or soulish standpoint when he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said this, Blessed art thou, Simon bar Jonah, why? For flesh and blood hath not revealed it to you, but my Father that's in heaven. When the Father comes and brings revelation to your heart, it's always spiritual. Amen. Now let me just, one of the reasons we taught on spirit, soul, and body is this. You're going to have to wake up. I have been praying over you for weeks now that there would be a spiritual awakening. You say, why? Well, people are viewing everything that's going on the earth through, through, through the eyes of the flesh, through the eyes of the soul. They're seeing this, they're seeing that, they're seeing all this kind of... Let me just say something to you. This entire system and everything that's going on in this world and has been since the fall of man is an absolute lie. Now you say, now that sounds some kind of like some kind of cultic talk. Listen, you've got to understand, the only truth in the universe is God, what He says and what He does. I said that to somebody about COVID. I said, COVID's a lie. And they were like, oh, you can't say that. I said, well, let me help you with this. I said, cancer's a lie. I said, tuberculosis is a lie. Arthritis is a lie. Every disease on the planet in the light of the Word of God, and as you view it spiritually, it is a lie. Well, what is the truth then, Pastor? By His stripes, we have been healed. 
Well, it just depends on how you look at it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's how you look at it. Are you looking at it through spiritual eyes? Are you looking at it through the eyes of your soul? Are you looking at it through the eyes of your flesh? Right now, there is a great revival of soulish communication, the quote, information age, and people are going crazy. I mean, there's information out there that if you listen to it, it'll blow your mind. You're like, oh my God. He said, you, Pastor, do you, do you really think that, that this is the last days? Do you really think they're going to they're come after Christians? Do you really think they're going to they're gonna chop people's heads off? As it says in Revelation, so you don't take the mark, they're going to chop your head off. That's what it says in the Bible. I didn't say that. Have you ever read that in the book of Revelations? Did you know your government bought 2,600 guillotines last year? Did you know that? They passed a law. It was illegal to even own one in the nation. So they passed a law and made 2,600 guillotines last year. said, for what? For chopping off your head. That's what they're for. They're not for trimming your cigars. <laughs> and if you begin to view that stuff, everything that's being said, if you begin to view it through eyes of the flesh or of the natural, which is the soulish realm, you're going to get caught up in what? In the flesh and in the soul. You're going to get emotional. Fear is going to come on you. And you're going to be subject to what I call the demonic religion that is on this earth that has always used the same three tenets. Intimidation, manipulation for the purpose of control. Do you realize how controlled our society is today? Everything about our own national consciousness has been suspended. Did you know in a court case right now, you can't even appeal it? You cannot appeal a court case. Call your lawyer and ask him tomorrow. You can't do it. Did you know rights that we have, uh, just as American citizens, have been totally suspended? By who? By the system. What are they trying to do? They're trying to intimidate, manipulate for the purpose of control. It's the antichrist system. You've got to wake up and realize, I'm living in the last of the last days. I better be praying. I better be studying the Word. I better be praying in the Holy Ghost. I was, the other day I was, I was praying. I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, how do I, pray for the, how do I pray for the leaders of this nation? I don't like them. He said, well, you've been in that boat before. I said, well, how do I pray? He said, you pray in the Spirit. You pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen? You think I'm going to get down on my knees and say, oh, Father, thank you for the President, the Congress, thank you for the Supreme Court, and I pray that everything they're doing will be successful. Absolutely not! You say, why? Because what they want to do is shut me down and shut you down and shut this down. Amen? I mean, there's people, they're fighting to have church, fighting to have services, doing everything they can do to get, a, to get, a, to get a, somebody to preach the word to them, so to be in a service where they can sense some kind of presence of God. Other, other people are just done with it. I'm just done with it. Don't be like that. Don't be like this. Listen, this thing is not going to work out. Let me say that again. This thing is not going to work itself out. You say, what do you mean this thing? Everything that's going on right now is going to culminate in the church being removed off of this planet and seven years of judgment upon the earth. And the entire earth, not just Israel, the entire earth will go through this judgment. Read your Bible. Now, seeing men spiritually. You say, what do you mean by that? 
We have to have a spiritual view of all men. And when I mean men, I mean men and women. That means our view of men and women has to be, has to be made up or comprised of two different views. Amen? Saved or unsaved. Saved are our brothers and sisters that we should be in agreement with, pray for, stand with, and bear their burdens. Unsaved, we should be everything we can do, be, to be doing everything we can do to get them the glorious message of Jesus. Amen. That's not political in any way. It's spiritual. Secondly, we've got to see Christ spiritually. We've got to see him for who he is right now. He is the one seated at the right hand of the Father. Have you ever noticed religion, what religion will do? They'll celebrate the baby in the manger. Amen? And they'll celebrate, a lot of them will celebrate Christ on the cross. And I have, listen, I have no problems with celebrating the baby in the manger, and I have no problem with celebrating Christ on the cross. But the Jesus that we serve today is the one seated by the right hand of the Father who lives in our heart, Christ lives in our heart by faith. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart by faith. Amen? And by the Holy Ghost, there is an abiding presence in us. Now, that brings us to what, we want to, what we've been teaching on and preaching on for the past few weeks is this. You must get a spiritual view or picture of yourself. If you do not do that, then you will be relegated to what your flesh says about you and your soul says about you. What your flesh says about you is everything from your gender to your race to your geographical location to your size to your age, you name it. Everything in the flesh. The soulish part, well, that has to do with education. That has to do with, with, with uh, career, business, whether you work at a job, all the different things that have to do with how you apply the soulish abilities that you use, many of us use, to handle the resources that God has given us. Amen. But now, let me, say, let me say these things. Let me tell you a little story before I tell you, because then you might get upset. I was a friend of mine's church preaching a revival, and I got to preaching on redemption. And I went to Bible school with this guy. He's a great pastor. Had a wonderful church. Still has a wonderful church up in Houston. And man, we were having a meeting. And so, Pastor Joe's church, I think Lee and I were the only ones there that weren't Hispanic or Mexican. And so I got to preach and got off teaching on redemption, and I, I just, man, I just said, your problem is this. You're a Mexican. <laughs> you act like a Mexican. You think like a Mexican. And they put you in the box so all they can ever expect out of you is what a Mexican can do. And man, I know how Davy Crockett felt at the Alamo. <laughs> I was like. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Then I said this. But here's the truth. You're not a Mexican. I don't care how many uh, Rodriguez's or Martinez's we have in here. You're not a Mexican. In the realm of the Spirit, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're not white. You're not black. You're not male. You're not female. You are the righteousness of God in... Well, that got them all to shouting. And what we do many times is we lean on the lesser identity of our life. When you do that, you become the victim of that identity. 
Amen? They say right now the uh, highest suicide rate of anybody in the uh, world is among white middle-aged men. And they're killing themselves because of guilt. Because society's blaming them for everything. Amen? What, what for? That's crazy. What are they doing? They're leaning on what? One thirty-second of an inch of skin? There's others that do the same thing with everything from geographical location. Well, if I live somewhere else, somewhere else, I could sure be doing a lot better. Amen? Or if I wasn't a man, or if I wasn't a woman, or if I wasn't a... See, you're viewing yourself. And if all, if you... Listen, if you view yourself only after the flesh or the soul, because what the soul will do many times, it'll exalt itself. Well, I'll tell you, I'm educated. I got degrees. I got all kinds of stuff on the wall. Look how smart I am. I guarantee you, it'll, it'll lead you right into pride. See, the flesh, you lean on the arm of the flesh, and you become a victim. Well, if I wasn't a woman, if I wasn't a man, if I wasn't a Mexican, if I wasn't Asian, if I wasn't this, wasn't that. Now, listen, that doesn't amount to a hill of beans in the eyes of God. Amen. He can use anybody, and he accepts everybody. Nobody's excluded. Everyone's included. That's what makes the kingdom of God the most unique nation in the universe. Amen? But you're going to have to see yourself through spiritual eyes. When you see yourself through spiritual eyes or as God sees you. Now think about this. Every person God ever used, he showed up, he did this. He revealed himself to them, then he revealed them to themselves. And you know what they all said? In unison, they all said this, not me. Moses did it at the burning bush. Oh, you need to get somebody else. I stutter. Amen? Gideon, hail thy mighty man of valor. <laughs> Talking to me? Well, I'm the least in my father's family, and, we're, and our family's the least of all of those in, the, in the whatever tribe he was from. He began to give every excuse. Mary, when he came to Mary in Luke chapter 2, amen? Hail thy handmaiden of the Lord. Blessed art thee among women. She cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. How should this be? See, and I know not. That's human nature is when God shows them, this is how I see you, is to go, that ain't me. There is an automatic rejection in the flesh and the soul of mankind to reject God's view of themselves. That's why you got to get born again. Because when you get born again, you're born into another family. You're born of the water of the womb and come into the human family. You get born again, you come into God's family, and you're a whole brand new creature in Christ Jesus, and you need to figure out some stuff about yourself. And when you begin to figure out some stuff about yourself, you'll begin to see that you are what God says you are. You can do what God says you can do, and you can have what God says you can have. You just got to make a decision. That's how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to live my life by the Spirit, by the Word, and by the anointing, and I'm going to be what God says I can be, do what God says I can do, and have what God says I can have. And the day and hour in which I live, I don't care what they're saying. They say they want to keep good our guns. They say they want to shut down churches. They say they want to have a, it doesn't matter to me. I'm part of the family of God. And I cannot be touched by the evil one. Amen. 
well, they can just come in anytime and shut you down. You really think that? I don't. I don't at all. I believe the more they try to shut you down, the louder your voice will get. Did you know physical persecution always causes revival to break out? And I tell you, America has been under soulless persecution for many, many, many years. But I guarantee you, let it step over into the physical and watch how the move of God explodes. Amen? Amen. One, per, one, one pastor in America, a known pastor, did not shut down this, his church for COVID, went to jail for it. Did you know they've been in revival ever since? Amen. Ever since they've been in revival. What if they take you to jail? Well, so what? You get all the jail saved. They let you out of jail, you're going to double the church by all the people you got saved in the jail. See, how are you looking at things? What if you get COVID? Get healed. What if they take, what if they, what if what happens to the dollar happens to the dollar? It's going to stay prosperous. Remember what we said about riches. Riches to the believer is who they are. Riches to the world is what they have. They can take what you have and now you're not rich, but they can't take who you are. Go real quick to 1 John. Go to 1 John chapter 4. Let me find it here. 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to start at verse 1. It said, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Now see, what's, what's, what's John trying to do? He said, Look, look at things spiritually. Lots of spirits in the world. Lots of voices in the world. The Bible says none of them without signification. Notice what it says here. Beloved, believe not every spirit. There's one spirit you're supposed to believe. You say, what's that? That's the Holy Spirit. Because he lines, lines directly up with the Word of God. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. That means check them out. Check them out. Whether they be of God... Because, now notice this, many prophets are gone out into the world. Many false prophets. I was amazed at all the prophecies going on. You know, in October, November, then they start prophesying, and they're still going on. They're still, they, they won't quit. Listen, if you miss it one time, go back and get on your knees and that doesn't mean everybody, anybody that's bold enough to try to say, thus saith the Lord is going to miss it from time to time. Amen. That's why I'm careful what after 37 years I've learned to be careful. Years ago, our, our old, old pastor went on to be the Lord, Mom Good. She looked at me and said, Rusty, now listen to me. When you say, thus saith the Lord, people are going to believe that's God talking. I mean, there's been times when people in meetings and say, Rusty, you got a word? I'm like, mm-mm. And I'm sitting there. I had a word since I walked in the door. Then they'd say it the second time. You got a word? Mm -mm. And then usually God will give me three, you know. Then the last time I know I have to be obedient because then I got to live with that the rest of the night. And so that means no sleep, repentance. Amen. Pastor Sam, Carr, they were going through hell. I mean, absolute hell. The, the, his church is by an airport. And they wanted to take all of his land, his building and everything, just take it and write them a check for what they thought it was worth. And he had been in a lawsuit for, I don't know how long, they were five years, I think, they were in a lawsuit. 
and he was doing a dedication meeting at Abundant Life when they opened their, their new building that they had years ago. He was preaching uh, a part of the, the dedication service that went on for like uh, three nights, four nights. We had dedication service. So he was preaching that night. So he, he got up and started preaching. He looked at me and said, uh, Russ, you got a word? I said, nope. I went to hear him preach. So I just sat there. Remember that? Then he said it again. You got a word? Mm -mm. Then he was shutting and closing the service down, fixing to step off the platform. He said, you got a word from me, you obey God. I said, okay. <laughs> Later, they told me what I said. I couldn't believe what I said. I said, it's like you're a pitcher and you're throwing a pitch. And every pitch you throw gets knocked right back at you. And you've thrown this pitch and that pitch from this angle. And I didn't know anything about the details of what was going on. I said, but when you get home, you're going to get a brand new pitch. And you know what happened? When he got home, one phone call later, and he had a brand new pitch, and he threw that pitch, and they couldn't hit it, and they got all their property was taken care of, everything was taken and they ended up at the end of that selling a TV station and then leasing it back and getting $5 million profit put into their pocket just from the word of the Lord. See, you've got, you've got to turn. There are all kinds. You can just say it like this. There are all kinds of channels out there you can tune into. But you better turn on the God channel, the Holy Ghost channel, the spiritual channel, because if you get on any other channel, it's, it's going to harm you, it's going to hurt you, especially in this day and hour. You need to know what to do with every decision that you're posed. Should you do this? Should you do that? What do you say, Lord? Not what does my flesh say, not does what my mind say. What does God say? What is the answer in the Spirit? That's the only thing that's going to save you. Now notice, let me finish with this. Hereby we know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is, now notice this, this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof you have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. 2,000 years ago. It's had 2,000 years ago to become what it is today. You think it's just sat in a corner somewhere dark thinking, well, one day I'll get to do it. No, it's been building. It's been manipulating. It's been intimidating. It's been, it's been manipulating. It's been doing control. It's been doing all of this. It's been testing this. See if this will work. See if that will work. We're going to get the whole world. We're going to prove that we're God. Well, that's happened before no new thing on the earth. Amen. It's already here. Everybody say it's already here. But now notice this. Even now it's already in the world. Then notice how, what he says next. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Church, you got to get this in your spirit. There ain't nothing you're going to do to be an overcomer except be born one. Being an overcomer is a part of your spiritual identity. Well, one day, Pastor, I'm going to overcome. I'm going to overcome drugs. I'm going to overcome that. No, you're not. When you got born again, you were born an overcomer. You just need to make application of that power against all that stuff in your soul and your flesh that's trying to drag you down into hell. And if you don't do it, you'll be subject to it, and it's growing stronger every day. The whole system of it's growing stronger. Now, notice this. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you 
than he that is in the world. Do you believe that? Greater is he that is in you. Greater is he. Greater is he. Great than any kind of political, any kind of medical, any kind of social, you name it. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now that gives you, listen, there's two revelations in that. There's something in the world and there's something in you. I said, there's something in the world, and there's something. And you sit in a church. Here's what you do. You sit in a church, and you look around, and there may be, you know, I don't know, 60, 70, maybe with all the youth and people. There might be 100 people in here. You look around and say, well, man, you look at the world. You look at the governments. You look at the military. You look at the medical. You look at, look, who are these few people? You're not seen with the right eyes. You are not seen with the right eyes. You're looking at things through your soul through your mind, your emotions, and through your flesh. You're always a victim when you look through your flesh, and you're always subject to reasoning when you look through your soul. You reason this. Well, there's not enough people who are doing anything. Who said this? It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Said that in Nehemiah, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. You know who's saying this? He says, it's not by might. That means it's not by all the people you can gather, nor is it by power. It's not by all of your weapons or your machinery, but it's by my spirit you're an overcomer. Amen. Greater is he. Let me read just a couple of translations and then we'll let you go. Amplified says this. Little children, you're of God. You belong to him and have already defeated and overcome them the agents of the Antichrist, because he who lives in you is greater and mightier than he who is in the world. Woo, glory to God. Passion Bible. Little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them. For the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. It just depends on how you look at it. You're exactly right. Because how you look at it will either weaken you or empower you. I think of all the different things we've looked at in our lives, Lee and I. All the different things we've looked at in our life, our marriage, and our ministry. That looked at us back in our face and said, you're a victim. You can't have it. You can't do it. There's no way. And we have stood and looked at things through spiritual eyes. And we have overcome, and we have possessed, and we have conquered, and we have been blessed. And now at age 65, I'm not looking to retire. I believe I'm just now, after 37 years, gotten to the place where God maybe can use me. That's a good place to be at 65. I'm expecting the next 10 years of my life in ministry to be the best ones I've ever seen. I believe God for harvest and revival, for awakening, the Spirit of God moving in unprecedented ways. You say, well, what if it don't happen? I don't live by what if. That's reasoning. And if you live by reasoning, you're going to remain in doubt and unbelief the rest of your life. You've got to view yourself as what? More than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Christ in you, the expectation of God's glory in the earth.
every time something happens in your life when God interacts, intervenes, manifests himself, that is the glory of God demonstrating the defeat of Satan. And you can live by your flesh or your mind if you want to, but I refuse to do it. I'm going to live by the Spirit of God because one day I guarantee you that Easter sky is going to split. There's going to be the shout of an archangel. There's going to be a trump that's going to be sounded and those with spiritual eyes and spiritual ears are going to hear that. Some people are going to say, what's that? Other people are going to, they're going to be gone. Amen? Why don't you come go with us? <laughs> Lift your hands and worship God. Father, thank you for all these overcomers, men and women of God, more than conquerors, men and women of faith, people that refuse to look with the eyes of the flesh or the soul, people that are looking with the eyes of the Spirit, standing in faith, believing God, overcomers. Thank you, Father, for enlightenment, empowerment, for truth and light. And thank you, Father, in these last of the last days. Let us not look at what we don't have or what we can't do. Look at what we do have and what we can do and celebrate and rejoice in your goodness in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Stand on your feet if you will. Father, thank you for tonight. Lord, as we leave, we put a demand upon your word as your word puts a demand upon us. We declare Psalms 91, no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. So, Father, as we leave tonight, we thank you that on highways, airways, seaways, railways, and any other way of travel or, trans or transportation, we are protected. And, Lord, in all of our expressions of handling our resources, our businesses, our jobs, our teachers, our administrators, our contractors, those working in retail and real estate, every person, we declare we are not subject to trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself, nor are we subject to the flu, our colds, our corona. We thank you that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the earth. Instead of our flesh or our soul, we thank you it's our spirit man and the power that's on the inside of it that is literally exploding into our soul and flesh, bringing the provision of God in every area and in every way. Lord, let the fire of evangelism be in our heart. Let us see men and women through spiritual eyes, desperate, hurting, fearful, without God, lost and undone in this world. And let us recognize we are salt and light. We are the ones with a message in our hearts. We are the ones with a word in our mouth. We are the ones that can present Jesus in such a way, an irresistible love, a compassion from heaven flowing through us that touches the hearts of men and women. Lord, as we leave tonight, we thank you for your love, your compassion, and your mercy toward us. As we leave tonight, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for our church. We walk in love one toward another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. Covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the God Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgallison.com. Hallelujah.